Hello, my name is Sandy Adamitis, the social media director for the Page International Screenwriting Awards, and your host for the Writer's Hangout, a podcast that celebrates the many stages of writing, from inspiration to the first draft, revising, getting a project made, and everything in between. We'll talk to the best and the brightest in the entertainment industry and create a space where you can hang out, learn from the pros, and have fun. How merry is that? It's very merry. (laughs) The snow globes, they are my favorite now. The globes. You know, when I was growing up, my sister and I had this routine where I would say Merry Christmas and she would say, Merry who? <laughs> it would just make us laugh so hard. <laughs> and I I don't think it really even means anything, but no. I just love it. Yeah. So there you go. Terry, how are you today? I'm oh, great. shall we introduce ourselves? Yes. I'm Sandy Adamitis. I'm Terry Sampson. And how are you? I'm still good. You're still good? Yep. How are the holiday plans? Panning out? They're tracking right in and Mm -hmm. and steadily, you know, making their way through the holidays. It's always, it's always, it's really fun and good. We do a a number of things. And one of the things is uh, we do some shopping locally, which is not a bad idea for people. I know that Amazon is super Mm -hmm. convenient. And getting out in the season and walking around, it's lovely. Yes. Is there a traditional spot you go to, or do you pick a different place? We always year? walk through Macy's. I think I mentioned that before. Yes. It's really fun. Yes. And then uh, downtown uh, Studio City, we always make a little trek around there. Have you noticed that Studio City doesn't do Christmas decorations? Not really. I, I started noticing that last year. And for the writers out there, we have this uh, hand, by hand car wash on Ventura, <laughs> and it's a gigantic hand, and on top of the hand is a convertible, and it's a car wash. Right. Santa oh, used to sit in the convertible. Yeah. Uh, two years in a row now, no Santa. No no replacement either. No replacement, nothing, nothing. Ape man, nothing. Yeah, I wonder what's going on. There was a meeting that we were not invited to, and yeah. something was cleared out. Yeah. Maybe Santa being on the gigantic hand made it Taller than it's supposed to be. Oh, maybe that. Yeah, by, I was just uh, thinking about that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, of the height restrictions. Yeah, sure. Well, writers, today I'm going to tell you the story of the film The Titanic and the case of the poisoned chowder. Dun, dun, dun. Titanic, as we all know, is an action packed romance set against the ill fated maiden voyage of the RMS Titanic. And in the movie, a 17-year-old aristocrat, Kate Winslet, falls in love with a kind but poor artist, Leonardo DiCaprio, aboard the luxurious, ill-fated Titanic. The Titanic was a ship and was the pride and joy of the White Star Line, and at the time, the largest moving object ever built. She was the most luxurious liner of her era, the Ship of Dreams, which ultimately carried over 1,500 people to their death in the ice-cold waters. Yeah, happy holidays. Sorry about that. (laughs) We're not going to concentrate on that, I promise you. The ice-cold waters of the North Atlantic in the early hours of April 15th, 1912. 
Now, Titanic was written and directed by James Cameron and released and released 25 years ago on December 19th, 1997. Now, all those people at the end, hey, to, this is a, uh, you haven't, haven't seen the movie, uh, you know, don't listen to this part of it, but um, those people got in the water, right? Is that where the yes. blue idea came from for Mr. Cameron later on? For the people being blue? Yeah. I have never read anything that correlated. Oh, wait, you were joking. I was. <laughs> oh, my God. We'll, we'll edit that. Joke April Fools to yeah. Sandy. Yeah. Oh, you looked so sincere, Terry, <laughs> when you were asking that question. You were even kind of like stroking below your yeah. chin. That maybe that was my first. <laughs> that was what you should have red flag. Even yeah. Like, well, yeah, he never does that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was released, as I was saying, twenty-five years ago on December nineteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. And besides Kate and Leo, it also starred Billy Zane. Gloria Stewart, Kathy Bates, and the actor we all loved, Bill Paxton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On the night of August 8th, 1996, and on the last day of filming in Nova Scotia, James Cameron and the crew, including producer John Landau, cinematographer Kaleeb Dachanel, and Bill Paxton were ready to wrap up scenes set in the present day and move on to Mexico, where the massive reproduction of the doomed Titanic was waiting on an outdoor soundstage in Baja. The crew broke for lunch around midnight. A local catering company had provided, among other options, chowder. Some reports say it was clam, others lobster. Also, FYI, Leo and Kate were not on the set during any of this time. No chowder for them. <laughs> like the soup Nazi. No chowder for them. No. 30 minutes later and lunch over, the cast and crew headed back to work and James started to feel weird and he stepped off the set to vomit. <laughs> he talked to Vanity Fair and in 2009, he said... I get back to set and nobody's there. I'm standing at the monitors near the camera and the room is empty. It was like the twilight zone. Camera remembers a Russian Canadian PA who was working as a translator on set, summing it up succinctly. I feel toxic and beside myself. Bill Paxton told Entertainment Weekly, after planning to eat some Italian food in my trailer, I opted instead to join Cameron for a bowl of lobster chowder. Now, Paxton has always maintained that it was lobster chowder. Mm. Within 15 minutes after eating, the crew was, was all milling about. Some people were laughing, some people crying, and some people were throwing up. Thinking that bad selfish had caused the problem, Paxton jumped in a van headed for Dartmouth General Hospital. One minute I felt okay, he said. The next minute I felt so anxious I wanted to breathe into a paper bag. Cameron was feeling the same way. Marilyn McAvoy, who was a standby painter on set, spoke with Vice in May 2017. And this is what she said. The chowder was unbelievable. People were going back for second bowls. When I was on Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, Crafty did a soup uh, around 6 p.m. Now, that's usually when most people are going home, but everybody's just getting their second wind, you know, to shoot all night and stuff. 
There was nothing better than standing outside with the cast and crew sipping on that soup. Yeah. That they made at 6 p.m. when it was getting dark on the Warner Brothers lot. We all loved crafty soup. By the time we got back from eating, that's when I started noticing something was wrong. Everyone seemed confused. Everyone was having trouble getting their work done. While I was trying to figure out what was going on, everyone seemed to be going outside. They were all gathering outside of the giant doors of the building we were working in. Actor Louis Abernathy, who luckily had eaten in his hotel that night, recalled, there were people just rolling around, completely out of it. Some of them said they were seeing streaks and psychedelics. I thought it was food poisoning. Really bad seafood can make you hallucinate. I didn't know that, did you? No, I never heard that. And the caterer was big on clams. Jim was being loaded into the back of a van. I was just shocked at the way he looked. One eye was completely red, like the Terminator eye. A pupil, (laughs) no iris, beet red. The other eye looked like he'd been sniffing glue since he was four. (laughs) Sensing mass confusion, an assistant director. Let's let's hear it for assistant directors. Oh, yeah. They're the best. Please have one in your household because everything runs smoothly. The AD divided everyone into two groups. Oh, by the way, happy birthday to Wally Perry, our assistant director friend. Yay, happy birthday, Wally. So the assistant director divided everyone into two groups. Good crew on one side, bad crew on the other side. It had nothing to do with the quality of anybody's work and everything to do with who was suddenly high on PCP. (laughs) Crew member Jack Clark says... We had a room for the grips and electricians, and one of the guys started talking really hyper. He was a big guy, like 6'4", and he says, do you guys feel okay? Because I don't. I feel like I'm on something, and believe me, I would know. <laughs> Let's just confess I, I take just, drugs. <laughs> yeah, get out of your system. Then we saw James Cameron run by the door, and this extra running behind him. The extra was saying, there's something in me. Get it out. Get it out. Which could be aliens. Did he think he had yeah. an alien in him? That's what I think he thought. The Canadian press reported that nearly 80 people were taken to the Dartmouth General Hospital for what was initially thought to be food poisoning. However, the Halifax Regional Police investigated the incident and found that someone had laced the seafood chowder with PCP. Wow. At the hospital, eventually, everyone was placed in individual cubicles, but there was no stopping the agony or the ecstasy that had broken out. People are moaning and crying and wailing, collapsing on tables and gurneys. The DP, Caleb, started leading a number of crew down the hall in a highly vocal conga line. (laughs) Paxton told the Los Angeles Times in 2015, amid the disorder, I hightailed it out of the hospital. I said, Jim, I'm not going to hang out here. This is bedlam. I'm going to wander back to set and just drink a case of beer, which is what he did, saying, that seemed to help me. 
back on set, the unscathed were quarantined. Crew member Jake remembers hanging out in a Winnebago. Around 4 a.m., Cameron and Paxton strolled in. Their eyes were beat red, like unbelievably. Jim had a bottle of scotch, and Bill Paxton had a bag of joints because he was a real stoner. I'm kind of laughing about it because I didn't eat the chowder, and then I'm there in a trailer smoking a joint. (laughs) Cameron was thrilled because he'd been granted an extra day of production to finish the scene that couldn't be completed due to all the tripping. Mm. As the sun rose up, those who'd gone to the hospital came down from their highs, and no one had died or been poisoned. Most returned to their hotels to sleep so they could come back for the additional night shoot. Police confirmed that numerous people on the set were sickened after eating the PCP-laced seafood chowder, but investigators never found out who was responsible. There are, of course, theories. (laughs) Number one, pain and glory. A crew member was attempting to get revenge on Cameron, who had a reputation for being a tyrannical director. Well, he does have a reputation of yelling. The PCP is a funny choice for that revenge, though. You know, something more throw-uppy, just throw-uppy would have been better. The, The flipping out kind of thing. Yeah, it was very dangerous, hallucinogenics. Yeah, you just give them, you know. Itching powder? Itching powder. Itching powder. Second theory, less than zero. It was the Hollywood crowd bringing in the psychedelics, insisted the catering company CEO, Earl Scott, to Entertainment Weekly at the time. I don't think it was purposeful, (laughs) done to hurt anybody. It was done like a party thing that got carried away. You know, Terry, we're both in the industry. We sure. we love to lace a punch bowl <laughs> just for the fun of it. I usually lace it with peppermint, but that's me. <laughs> Theory number three, Phantom of the Opera. James Cameron has said he is pretty sure he knows who did it. Oh, We had fired a crew member the day before because they were creating trouble with the caterers. Oh, bingo. Well, there it is. So we believe the poisoning was the idiot's plan to get, well, idiots, right there. Yeah. James does have a reputation. Yeah. This idiot's plan to get back at the caterer, whom, of course, we promptly fired the next day. So it worked. Yeah. <laughs> that does seem like a very reasonable explanation. Yeah, if you have an employee, though, that has a P on hand, maybe it's good they're going anyway. This is true. Yeah. Theory number four, ratatouille. Some suspected that the culprit was a disgruntled chef. Sure. Could be. It was reported in Vulture, one of the art department guys made t-shirts, and he recreated the chowder on the corner of the t-shirt, and underneath it, it said, good crew, bad crew. (laughs) Adorable. Now, my research for this story includes Snoop's, an article in the New York Post by Brooke Steinberg, an article in Vanity Fair by Kathy Rich, and a Vulture article by Matthew Jacobs. Terry, you think it was the Phantom of the Opera, James Cameron saying that it was the disgruntled employee? 
I do, but since you added the other one, I think the idea of setting a chef up or a, or a, a company that's that's doing this, somebody that's made the company mad, and it could have been a chef who was mad that maybe mm-hmm. the, you know and wanted to see him fail or something. I mm-hmm. like to open my uh, concept of that up a little bit and say that's right where I think that came from. Now, if if there's catering, if there's crafty, that's snacks and maybe like the biggest thing a, a crafty might do is soup or something oh, like right, that. Right. But then if they're doing meals, they might bring in a chef, especially if it's just a crew of like a hundred. They might have hired someone right. to bring in. I actually like that sometimes where you have one of those trucks, like um, oh yeah, one of those trucks come in and yeah. It gives out meals. Yeah, the food cart there's, there's always the UPM standing next by counting the meals that are being handed out, <laughs> and making sure you're not taking two. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that all makes sense. I had never heard about this story about the poison chowder on Titanic. Yeah. I think because of the 25-year anniversary being this month, people are kind of going back. And, yeah, people uh, don't forget chowder. It's, <laughs> it's at least 30 years before they'll start stop remembering the PCP part of that. It's very true. Yeah. It's getting close to the end of the year, and we have some admin to go over. Terry, you want to let our writers know about some of the upcoming things happening at the Writers Hangout? Yeah, start out with big congrats to the winners of the free entry to the Page Awards contest. We sent emails to the winners. Yay! A free entry into the Page International Screenwriting Awards contest. Nobody, Nobody knows how great that can turn into. It's lovely. Yes. Page will do more giveaways throughout 2023. So, as I said that, don't miss out. And sign up for the Page Awards email list at pageawards.com. Also, if you want some holiday cheer and enjoy the Writer's Hangout, leave us a rating or a review. It, it always helps. Mm. And as we look towards 2023, we will interview some of the Page Award winning writers. So there's that. I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah. These are talented writers from across the country and worldwide building highly successful careers in the industry. They're ready to share their stories and advice about pursuing a career in screenwriting. Excellent. Writers, during the holidays, stay safe out there and... Happy holidays! Merry Christmas! Joyous Noel! Yuletide greetings! Happy Hanukkah! Happy Kwanzaa! Feliz Navidad! And... Happy Festivus for the rest of us. That's a wrap for the Writer's Hangout. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, and thrive. Till we get to hang out again, keep writing. The world needs your stories. The Writer's Hangout is sponsored by the Page International Screenwriting Awards. Executive producer, Kristen O'Verne. Producers, Terry Sampson and Sandy Adamitis. Music, by Ethan Stoller.